Companies are on a spending spree for supply chain software, but are they getting their money's worth? Hi, everybody. I'm Bob Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. A lot of money is going toward the purchase of software these days to optimize the supply chain, and for good reason. Companies are desperate to streamline and speed up the movement of goods to market at a time when so much stuff is moving at an agonizingly slow rate thanks to congestion at ports, terminals, warehouses, and rail yards. Efficiency and reliability are key. So what exactly are they buying? Today, we'll hear about the results of the 2022 Technology Predictions Report from G.P. Bullhound, a tech advisory and investment firm. Jonathan Cantwell, partner and head of supply chain, joins us to examine current purchasing patterns and discuss whether companies will keep on spending in the face of troubling economic trends, including inflation, rising interest rates, and the possibility of recession. And we'll talk about whether those investments can really help solve the current supply chain crisis. Here's my conversation with Jonathan Cantwell. Jonathan Cantwell, welcome to the show. Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me. Jonathan, GP Bullhound has issued a 2022 technology predictions report that cites supply chain software as a leading trend. The implication, of course, is that companies are indeed opening up their wallets and spending money on software these days, especially in the supply chain area. I take it that is the case. Absolutely. We've seen in pre-COVID and post-COVID a big area of investment for a lot of really large and important companies, and we're seeing that trickle down. It's everything from goods and services to big machinery. It's really affecting the, I think, efficiencies of supply chain management. I wonder if it arises from a general awareness now that everybody has of the importance of supply chain. Do you think that that might be a factor there because of all the problems we've been having in terms of congestion and COVID, just as you yourself just cited? I do. Yeah. Again, I think it was an active area pre-COVID, but post-COVID, we've seen it really ramp up like we Mm -hmm. haven't seen any other sector. So I think that's a big focus area. I think people understand software can help and it's now creeping into basically every industry you can imagine and certainly supply chain. That being the case, the whole sector of supply chain software is a very broad classification. There are a lot of different solutions and aspects to that. I'm wondering if you can identify just where that money is going within the supply chain software sector. What are they spending money on exactly? Really, it's solutions and and tools to help manage how a company does their supply chain logistics, drop ship, shipping is a big area, all the data around consumers and and who's ordering, how fast they're receiving goods. It's really end-to-end from an e-commerce standpoint all the way down to delivery. That's where we've seen the most activity. One of the big areas I think you identify is freight optimization. Companies looking for ways to ship their goods with much more efficiency given the 
capacity crunches and the problems they're facing. So is that a big deal? And how does that manifest itself in terms of spending in that particular area? Yeah, I think it's an area that hasn't used technology before. So when you think about the big freight shipping companies, everything from doing it on the ground to in the air to over water, these are areas now that want to use software to, to help manage it. And so they've spent a lot of their cash on hand to improve those processes and all the data we're seeing is they're seeing nice nice returns from that. Things are being mm-hmm. sent out sooner and they're able to collect on a lot of their revenue sooner as well. So yeah, we see freight as, as being an exciting piece of the puzzle within supply chain. In terms of physical logistics, it sounds like or I hear that companies are working to take advantage of the so-called shared truckload segment, bypassing transshipment, trying to minimize the extra handling of shipments in order maybe to speed it up and maybe to keep other parties out of the chain? I mean, do you in fact see that? We see that a little bit. I think that's an area where there'll be probably more investment in in the future. But yeah, certainly truckloads of activity is an area that I think has been clogged a bit, especially in the last two years. So hopefully it's helping make it more efficient. There's been some businesses that have kind of come in and out of trucking that some of the big companies like Uber, for example, have a trucking effort and then shut it down. So I think that that area is, is developing a bit and one we're going to watch, but I think it's a little bit of TBD for now. Freight forwarding has been a very traditional industry, very manual, very untech savvy. We're hearing now about the digitization of freight forwarding, digital forwarding and the like. Does that show up on your radar screen? And what form is that taking exactly? How popular is it? It's certainly happening. I mean, again, again this falls into the area of software to, to manage things better. Freight forwarding is one of those and in, in the delivery. But I, I'd also put it in the category of what we just talked about around trucking, that it's, it's a little bit early stages. I think that's something to watch probably next year and the year after. And, and we haven't seen as much investment in terms of dollars spent from large companies and consolidators out there historically. But certainly a trend we think will happen in the near future. We're talking next two to three years, not not any longer. Would you say the same about the area of on-demand fulfillment and warehousing and which companies are looking to scale up and scale down physical operations in line with the needs of the moment? That's been more active, I would actually say, Bob. That's an area where it certainly has been happening with everything Amazon is doing and other internet companies, e-commerce. I think the warehousing piece is, is really interesting to watch. And you're seeing that real ta- time. I think even if you look at warehouse renting and just the commercial real estate around warehouse, that, that, that's been a boom area. And, and that has definitely trickled down to using more technology around that space. Does the cloud come into this at all in terms of spurring new investment, bringing new solutions to the marketplace that are not on-premises? Do you see that as a trend as well? Yeah, I think when we talk about the software managing dropship, shipping, and, and just all the logistics, all of that is being hosted in the cloud. So kind of plays to companies that have software that's running on AWS or Azure. I think it is all cloud-based as opposed to on-premise. Do you talk to companies about, apparently we're talking about companies just basically going on a shopping spree for all aspects of supply chain software, and yet once they acquire all of these disparate systems, do they run the risk of trying to figure out how to integrate them, to make them all play nice together, to be able to optimize them all simultaneously? Do any of these companies talk to you about that challenge? We definitely see it. Certainly, you have a lot of point solutions, as we call them, and there's a need to tie them all together in more of a suite-like 
easiest case. So again, I think technology is helping, but even from a tech standpoint, you have all of these different point solutions that do one thing. I think there's a big opportunity for someone to come in and have all the tools around shipping and logistics and warehousing and be able to do it off of a single platform as opposed to several point solutions. And then the integration challenge goes away to some extent. I wonder if you're able to generalize or not about these various companies that you survey as to actually who is making the investment decisions, who holds the purse strings. Is it the CFO? Is it the line of business? Is it transportation people? Is it IT people? Is it the C-suite? Is it possible to say where the decisions are being made today and whether that's changing at all? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it depends on the size of the company. It certainly starts at line of business because they tend to own their own P&L. But it does, I think because of the cost and the impact, it does go to the CFO and sometimes even even the CEO in some cases. But it's usually a pretty senior-level decision and done from a team standpoint, not, not just a specific individual. We're looking at an economy in general that's still going pretty strong despite a lot of external concerns. And I'm wondering if companies are expressing to you any concern or whether you yourself have any concern as to whether this trend in spending will be affected by rising inflation, rising interest rates and future investments. Yeah, I think inflation is a real issue and that's not one we see going away. So will this spend continue? I think it's something we're watching very closely. I don't know if it will continue to grow as quickly as as it has in in the last two years, but I think it's still an area of growth, an area of focused spend for, for a lot of businesses around the world, really. But I think inflation will have a bit of an impact. Usually areas are cut sooner than, say, logistics management or facilities management or supply chain management. It things in, say, the, the marketing arena sooner than stuff that's really core to a business and I think showing as much value impact as this area that we're talking about. I don't think it's first to really take an impact from an inflation standpoint, but it could see a little bit of slowing of the actual growth rate. And again, if we get back to this notion that companies are way more aware now about the importance of supply chain to their operations because of the breakdown of supply chains, I wonder if it'll continue to have priority as a spending item or a line of spending going forward. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. The other thing to watch is there's been a lot of venture capital investment in this area in the last 12 months. And those are earlier stage companies, but they will become disruptors of the area. So a lot of fuel kind of being put on the fire in terms of new companies coming up and being funded by a lot of the venture capital funds that that have deep pockets. So I think from that standpoint, they see it as a big opportunity. So do we at GT Bullhound for investment. Yeah, you certainly have your pulse on that because you do provide advice and capital to global entrepreneurs and founders. So going forward, do you think there will continue to be fertile ground in this area for startups, for founders, to entrepreneurs? Do you think it will continue to be an attractive place for new entrepreneurs to arise and new businesses to be founded? Yeah, I think it's still the early innings for for the area. So certainly we expect that to continue for for years to come. And there's a lot of smart entrepreneurs that we know that are focused in, in working on projects that, that can address this. And I think that's where we come into play is, is the advice and capital that we have to help grow them and others really in the sector. And again, I, I think we're early in that game and it should be an exciting space to follow over the next five, 10 years. 
Well, you monitor this on a day-to-day basis, obviously. It's the nature of your business. But are you going to be putting out this technology predictions report on an annual basis? Or how often will you come out with this survey, with this comprehensive look at what's going on? Well, we do it annually. We've been doing it for 10 years as, as a firm. Obviously, the predictions and technologies change, but I think we have a track record of predicting stuff that's relevant and important to solving real opportunities and problems all over the world. And yeah, we we will be continuing it on an annual basis. Absolutely. You'll pardon me for not being able to avoid asking the question of the origin of the company's name, GP Bullhound. Where's that come from? Yeah, we get asked that a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to ask. <laughs> no, we, we, the, the firm actually started in London, two Brits, two Swedes, it started in a place called Gorilla Park, which is the GP. It was an incubator. So we, we ourselves are at a startup, at least back then. Uh, this is 20 plus years ago. And then the bullhound kind of came from just being a bullhounder, which is one of our mottos. We put those together and stuck ever since. Well, it sounds like despite the concerns we have about what's going on in the economy and the world today, it sounds like there's still some bright prospects for this area of supply chain software, as reported by you folks in your technology predictions report. Be looking forward to the next one, Jonathan Cantwell of GP Bullhound. Thanks a lot for spending a few minutes with me on this. I really appreciate your time. Anytime, Bob. Thanks for having me. That was my conversation with Jonathan Cantwell of GP Bullhound, talking about investment trends and supply chain software. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com where we post a new episode of this podcast for streaming or downloading every Friday. You can also read my Think Tank blog, watch thousands of videos, and access all of our other content, including the digital edition of our magazine. Look for us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Follow us on Twitter, at SCBrain, and also watch videos on our YouTube channel. You can also download or subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Got any comments or suggestions on this or any episode? Email me at rbowman at supplychainbrain.com. Stay well and see you next time.